welcome everyone to a lovely episode of the Do Better Dev Show. This episode is just full of love because tis the season mm-hmm. and I'm here with your lovely co-host, Nathan. How you doing? That's me. Yeah. Uh, I'm here to talk about all the things I love in software development. Yeah. Because uh, we know that I don't love other things. That's true. Anything. Yeah, so I've been told. Uh, most things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been told I share mostly the opposite opinion yeah. on most things. Yeah. So um, this should be an interesting episode, a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Uh, shockingly, I not only have notes, I have notes related to the show topic. Wow. So I have things I, I'm claiming that I have things I love, that I wrote them down before the show, and that I'm going to talk about them because they're related to the show. Damn. That's like never happens. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna keep this really just a souvenir for future references and people are like, Nathan doesn't love anything and be like, no, that's not true. Right. Here's a list. Here's a recorded, <laughs> edited version of things Nathan loves <laughs> by his own words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I do the editing and all I do is trim off the beginning nonsense mm-hmm. and add some music. So... It's not even like I'm going to be fiddling with the evidence. Yeah. So, yeah. Stay tuned to find out all those things, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, again, I'm turning the tables. Mm. What did you find that was interesting, frustrating, or cool Damn. since we last spoke? All right. All right. So, I'll, I'll start off with the happy thing. Whoa. That's not a topic that we usually cover. I know. I know. But I think it's like it's important to reiterate because I haven't done this since probably pandemic okay um but east van so i really liked it up until now because there's a park there which has a pretty lake and then i walked by that and that was my pandemic routine Mm -hmm. but pre-pandemic i used to go eat at the locations there which Mm -hmm. i just hadn't done in so long Uh, but lately i've been going there a bit more than usual and hitting up some of the old spots i used to hit for food okay and stuff's still good man <laughs> and i just just i wanted to like you know give that east van shout out because prices are reasonable food is good and you walk up and down the drive and it's pretty because there's lights and stuff mm. um so yeah so that's i wanted to make sure that comes through my happy recommendation so if you're in vancouver area go to east van hang out there don't go to Chinatown East Van because you'll get stabbed, but stick with <laughs> East Van and things are good. Things are great. Yeah, the Do Better Dev Show does not endorse getting stabbed. Yes. No, no. We find it's counterintuitive to productivity and just in general mm-hmm. for anything. Yeah. Recovery times are not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's best to avoid. Yeah. And people stabbing you don't have a lot of money, so you can't even like use it to like claim a bunch of money or something. Yeah. Re- to reinvest in your future. Yeah. So just don't get stabbed. Okay. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that was pretty much it. So the only other one I have is, uh, which is tech related and it's good, uh, is there's this ID, uh, cloud ID called Cloud9 AWS. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah. I used it. it the ID is fine. There's okay. like not, nothing special about it. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing I loved was because it has a built-in text editor, or sorry, built-in terminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the terminal you don't have to. If you were using any AWS commands on your computer in the terminal, you need to export the right variables. You need to make sure your credentials are set. You need to make sure you're executing the right commands. Mm-hmm. 
it's so nice not having to export my AWS credentials in there because all of it's doing, it's working through IAM role that you have given to the la the whatever ID. So, so long your Cloud9 instance profile has the right permissions, you can just be in the terminal forever executing commands. And they, they work in the same account. I don't know if it's region locked or not. I just ran everything in the same region, but it was just really nice because I have this thing where I have to constantly refresh and switch credentials in my terminal to run on different command, different accounts. Um, but it's just quite nice that I can just maybe have like a couple different Chrome sessions open in incognito, have all of them log into a different account and just run my commands directly through the terminal in there. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's been that. And then I was like, what else happened? Past two weeks, something happy. Nothing really I could honestly think of. Sunday was quite sunny. Uh, we're starting to get more sun in like small chunks. And uh, when something is taken away from you for a long time and you get a, even a little bit of it back, it feels really good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking forward to having more of it as time comes. So expectations are aligned. Like I know it'll probably rain for the next few days and that's okay. But, but this just means summer is almost here. Yeah, I think I walked around for multiple hours on Sunday because I just kept going, oh, the sun still hasn't set yet. Mm -hmm. Days are getting longer. And then another 10 minutes went by, oh, still sunny. The sun hasn't set yet. This is great. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I just kept looping through the same suburb yeah. over and over again, thinking like, oh, it's going to be dark soon. I should keep walking. Yeah. Uh, and it just didn't get dark, and it was lovely. Yeah. While sunny, continue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. You yeah. know what? <laughs> you did. I did. And that's all I had. What's 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 on your list? Alrighty, so mm. <clears throat> I have one of each this time. Holy smokes! I forget my notes as soon as I write them. Huge, huge! I'm surprised every time. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with something interesting, mm. even though it's at the bottom of my list. Keeping it uh, dynamic here. I've mentioned Lex Friedman's podcast a bunch before, but it's been a while. And he's been on a hot streak lately, releasing really good episodes. Hmm. So just in general, interesting podcast material, listen to Lex Friedman's show. Mm. But a specific episode that I'll recommend for anybody who thinks this sounds interesting, I can confirm that it's a good episode, uh, is episode 258. It's called The Dark Matter of Intelligence and Self-Supervised Learning. And it's really good. Let's mm. talk about all the different kinds of self-supervised learning and essentially the emergence of intelligence, which is a common topic because he's an AI researcher, mm -hmm. uh, but it was well delivered. So, And the, the guy, the guest works at the AI division in Meta. So if you want to see what mm. our future overlords are thinking, um, that's the place to go right now. Actually, I'm going to write that down for myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was episode 258 of All the right. episode. For a, let's go with a frustrating thing in the middle and we'll end with cool. So frustrating. Mm. Uh, kind of mostly broke my phone. Uh, it's been ha hanging, hanging in there really well for two years, completely unscathed. And then this past summer, I smashed it in the parking lot, mm. trying to be helpful in closing a car door. And then uh, you saw that. Yep. And then this past weekend, it fell face first and cracked the top of the screen. And the top of the screen now just has permanent green bars at the top. So it flashes constantly. 
But if I, I thought, all right, I have to replace my phone right away because I need to be able to use Google Authenticator and things like that for work. Otherwise, I can't log into any of my accounts. Yeah. But turns out, if you turn down your brightness to 17%, then you're fine. So I've been still using my phone because that's the sort of thing I would do. And I'm just trying to decide what I'm going to do about it, hmm. uh, basically. Seems like a good, like, if use case. When unlock phone, increase brightness. Whenever lock phone back, reduce brightness to 17%. Yeah, yeah, There's some strong if this, then that type yeah. of Yeah. But for the meantime, just keeping it and hoping I don't strobe anybody. Because mm-hmm. sometimes if I turn up the brightness, it just goes wild. So I'm trying to, you know, show my vaccine proof thing mm-hmm. at restaurants and i'm just like please don't flash at them please don't flash at them. <laughs> and so far i've been okay but mm-hmm. yeah occasionally it just loses its mind and goes full strobe mode so i'm gonna have to do something about it soon but i'll get there eventually in the meantime it's fine uh and then a cool thing whoa most important topic of the show there's a new rocket league mechanic <laughs> 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 that was discovered <laughs> recently it's called the licks jump Mm. Uh, so every time there's a new thing discovered, it's pretty much always named after whoever uh, discovered it or created it or popularized it. So this was some random, um, I think someone from Asia, and their username is Lix, L-I-X. And they accidentally performed this jump. Mm. And they didn't even realize until they were looking at some replays. And they were like, wait, how did I do that? Mm. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. The game shouldn't let me do that. And then they broke it down step by step put out a little video about how to do it. This was over the holiday season and uh, people started using it. Somebody actually hit it in pro play the other day and wow. people were like, whoa, this seems quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, Rocket League's still changing. Uh, there's been like three mechanics discovered in the last six months or so, mm. uh, which is cool if you're a dork like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this is an old wholesome recommendation, as old as in the video itself is old. It's from April, 2020. But I haven't recommended it before. Old. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's dated for a reason. All the comments are about like you know we're in this together, which obviously we're not anymore. Yeah. So, okay. uh, <laughs> it's it's just the you've probably seen it. This guy named Mufasa dancing outside a car, and the video starts with him being like, um, "Hey Mufasa." He's got this hype man. He's like, hey, Mufasa, you ready to spread good vibes? And he goes, spread them with. <laughs> around the world. Around the world. Let's go. And then they just dance outside the car with uh. some music. But it's like hard to feel bad while watching it. Mm. And I, I typically have no interest in dancing or music or anything happy uh, online. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch. In general. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch. <laughs> I don't want to watch people dancing or anything like that. But this one. There's something good about it, mm. and so it's my my recommendation. I do admittedly feel weird recommending it because it's not the sort of thing I would recommend. Yeah, but it popped up in my head, and I didn't have anything else to recommend this recording, mm. so that's the one. And that's it. I would just assume the YouTube comments would just be "Long live the king," but I'm happy they're more wholesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just just mostly yeah, good vibes. Mm. Well, you know, good vibes are very important. It sounds like this is one of those videos that you've fallen in love with. After I just said that that's not the case. Uh, yeah. Sure, yeah. 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 It just it works for a good segue. Thank you for explaining that, yes. <laughs> uh, 
do you how about you propose your uh structure mm. for this discussion because okay. that's usually how we end up going through these things okay okay well what i would love to share oh, no. uh spoiler alert <laughs> happy valentine's day everybody. yeah i'm going to overuse the word love because i need an outlet uh, <laughs> and this is it apparently uh <laughs> And yeah, so love software development, love this podcast. So the way I've thought about the current episode is um, in three categories, things that we overall just love being in the tech industry, the ecosphere, the opportunities it presents, um, some of the overall technological paradigms or practices uh, that exist, and then programming language specific stuff because you know, we all love our programming languages and their little quirks. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones off the top of my head I have. They don't perfectly fit in each category, the things that I'll probably say. But it works in my head and that's all I really care about. So, Sure, yes. It has to count somewhere. So yeah. Why not there? Yeah. So I'll, I'll mention the first thing that yeah. I love Do that. about being in tech industry is... Gotta mention them tech salaries, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if you want my take on this as a blog post. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't go into it for the money. Um, but it, it's quite nice having it. Um, regardless of which company you're in, most of the world, depending on wherever you live, if you are above average, even average at programming at this point, you're probably making above the median household income average of whatever city you live in being in tech, uh, especially emotionally talking about programmers. I don't know about marketing or other HR folks. I don't know what they make, but if they're in tech, they probably are making a decent amount and it's just really nice. I don't know how long this bubble is going to last, but until it gets popped, I hope I have enough money for my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh caveat because i always feel weird mm. giving that suggestion you do have to stick with it for some time either yes. graduate from like computer science and then you might have a shot to just go straight mm -hmm. to a salary like that uh, or if you're trying to get into it and just get some initial experience or if you just don't get into a google and amazon uh, whatever one of the big companies are that you have your eye on and you work for a startup you might just not be making a lot of money off right off the bat yeah. you do have to be good enough to stick with it which might just mean sticking with it long enough or it might mean you pick things up really quick and yeah. and you do well fairly shortly but the initial offers don't expect that they're just going to be ridiculous yeah yeah whenever they're like oh learn this course from home and make six figure salary youtube videos they're all just crap it doesn't work that way <laughs> there's like maybe one out of a thousand people who gets that on average, yeah, you'll you'll probably learn how to program. You'll go work for some company. They'll make you build a bunch of CRUD applications and pay you just enough that you can pay your rent and buy a bunch of oatmeal every day. And then eventually you'll be like, hey, I'm is, actually good at this. Is that like a personal attack? Or <laughs> yeah, <something? laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, man, I made the same. Right? <laughs> <laughs> some people eat oats some people eat lentils that's true we yeah. all find a way <laughs> i just hung out at friends places ate their food <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't work out enough so i didn't have to worry about food as much um uh, but yeah that's uh, you just do be that way you know you begin and then that's the thing if you read nathan's blog you'll know that 
if if I was or people who do end up making decent amount, if they were focused on that from the get go, they either cap out or just don't make as much. But if you go after the knowledge, you'll make enough money that if you cap out on knowledge, it'll be fine because mm-hmm. you faked your way through enough, and the imposter syndrome doesn't kick in as much, or it kicks in constantly, but no one else can see it, and you just freak <laughs> out yourself. <laughs> and all of those things are fine. This is an episode talking about. Things sounds, we love. Right. Yeah. Like things you love, which yeah. seems to just be a lot of about things about me. <laughs> I'm just going to set this precedence. Uh, there are many things that I'll be mentioning that I will, that there's a immediate caveat or things where I'm just like, oh yeah, but that thing sucks about that. Yeah. Uh, which Good. I'm just not going to mention because oh. today is about love. Oh. Yeah. I may still mention them. Yeah, should. do it. <laughs> All right. Um. I'm, I have so I have a list of honorable mentions, mm. and so before I get into my actual list, mm. I think it's important to shout these out because they did not make the list. The list of things I love, they are I guess the things that I like or appreciate, mm. but they haven't made it to the special L word yet. Oh, okay. So okay. honorable mentions. Let me know if any of these are related to your things, and then we can switch to talking about them for a bit. Mm. So I've got this one's fairly new to me because I ha- no other team that I've worked on has used it. But GitHub's auto merge feature—it's uh, so nice. Yeah. Uh, because um, on my current team, we're using GitHub Actions for pretty much everything. So there's not you know separate Jenkins stuff that we have to worry about. Uh, and I mean, you could do it with Jenkins too, but it's just nice having everything living in GitHub. So then you can do this thing called enable auto merge. And so if that's enabled for your repository, then if you're say merging into the trunk branch, and you pass all of the um, required CI checks, then you can say, all right, enable auto merge, which means that however many reviews are required or approvals are required, once those are hit, it'll automatically merge your code in. And what's nice about that, when you, especially when you have a team that works many different hours, is you can do a bunch of your work and then enable auto merge, request reviews and just hope that in the morning someone overnight has reviewed your code and it's automatically merged and already run through the pipelines and everything's deployed. Or if you want to take a lunch break, you don't have to like keep an eye on your stuff or tell somebody else like, hey, if you approve this, please just merge it. It's really nice being able to step away and know I'm okay with this going in whenever it's approved. So big fan of that, but it's a, a bit too, too little of a feature mm-hmm. uh, to be qualified as a, as a full-on love. Uh, related to that, GitHub Actions. Mm-hmm. I've brought these up a bunch on the show. It's so convenient. Uh, unfortunately, again, they are they are YAML files. So I'm sorry to hear to to mention that word to you. Uh, for those who don't understand, there's a good five seven minutes of last <laughs> week's episode that will explain everything. Yeah, go listen to containerization <laughs> <laughs> about YAML. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, that this feature, it started out in beta and looked promising and hasn't really failed to live up to the issue to the promise that I saw when it first started. I'm like, cool, these just kind of work. You define your little uh, GitHub workflow files. And I've recently seen how you can define custom ones, which are more involved, but still kind of cool. And the marketplace is pretty good. You can usually find some good stuff related to what you need. It's just convenient and nice and it's not Jenkins. Yeah. So the fact that it's not Jenkins and people are actually using it, that means it must be pretty good. It really is. So, yeah, I know you've forgotten what GitHub is, but 
but it's has... on my list. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Easy there, Turbo. Just yeah, it's under the the paradigm stuff, but but yeah, just having basically GitOps, right? That's what it's called yeah. now. And yeah. yeah, just having the moment GitHub action started coming, I mean GitLab CI existed forever ago, but no one used GitLab, so no one knew it existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Bitbucket had a version of it too. But oh, don't say those that? words. Yeah, uh, never mention anything about Atlassian yeah. in my presence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, GitHub. And the thing was with at least GitLab CI was like it was a lot of it was paid, and then you could host your own machines or whatever. I don't even know what Bitbucket did if they did anything. And then at least GitHub came and said, don't worry about anything. Just tell us what you need. Tell us the versions. We'll spin up the machines. Everything's behind the scenes. You, If your repo is open source, don't even worry about the money, man. We'll do everything for you. We'll run run it all because Microsoft got that big cash. I was about to say, this has got to be a quick shout out to Microsoft for yeah. doing that. Because this was post-Microsoft acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. And it just pretty much changed everything. You know, no longer do you need to have outside communication hooks. Mm-hmm. Things just run. And you can divide your code review and stuff in different places. You could have Git just run whatever you're going to test and code things to make sure code is okay. And then you can run your other things and still your Jenkins, Travis CI nonsense. And GitHub, just, it, it's just so good. Yeah, well, it's cool because like anything that is tailor-made, for the platform, like it knows what platform it's on, Mm -hmm. it's less to think about. You just say, like when you're defining what triggers it, it knows it's on GitHub. So the syntax is gonna be simpler and more specific. The, uh, I I don't know if I've seen it at all yet where it's just dropped the um, connection. Like what kept happening anytime I worked with Jenkins on any team I've been on, so I know it's a universal problem is Sometimes it just doesn't get triggered and it just says, I'm waiting to start this job and it's a required job. And you're like, okay, well, I can't, I can't figure out how to kill it because it didn't start. And I, I don't know how to tell it it didn't start. So I'm just kind of in this weird state now. So I guess I'll like push a no op commit that yeah. just kicks it off again. So you just have these weird little things that don't really come up when it's all internal GitHub. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk a bit about GitHub then or do you no. want to stay with? Okay. Yeah. And then my last honorable mention, it is the guts of everything. We've talked about this many times. If you follow the Instagram account, you know about this. It's EC2. EC2. It's not something I can say I love because it's also a super pain, but it's so necessary. Uh, It is everything. Uh, And so, yeah, if it wasn't for EC2, we wouldn't have pretty much any of what either of you or I do. So... You know, it's got to be in there as an honorable mention, at least, even if I personally don't feel the love for it uh, yet. Yeah. But I think with this current role that I'm on, I might start start feeling that love. We'll see. Yeah. It's all EC2. It always has been. And you will. <laughs> and so I, I have it under a branch of just cloud and hosting. You know, it, just having to have had set up uh, my own little VPS server in the past with like, custom DNA, like CNAME domain routing and such within an internal network. So glad the cloud exists. <laughs> Imagine scaling your own fleet of thousands of hardware, adding stuff to it, 
no not even thinking about the human costs or the mental pain it takes or the actual cost of the machines it just sucks having all those low level tools having to figure out how to like rate things properly who wants that no one wants that so ec2 comes in and it's like yeah what what you need you need 200 gigs of memory you got it what 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 can you possibly need i can give you everything <laughs> yeah you g- just pay me give me money <laughs> yeah exactly money please <laughs> and and you can get whatever you want so yeah the cloud hosting basically just you know shaped everything about any startup that currently exists you could just come to them have a crap looking thing on whatever those websites are we can just design invision yeah you can design something on invision don't even need to actually host it but the investors are like oh they can probably make it in cloud they don't need all that much money it's fine here's a bunch of money uh, and your stocks like $300 worth now cuz you strapped a <laughs> ipad to a treadmill uh anyways uh not a jab at peloton i don't hate them uh but this is a show about love this is an episode about love uh <laughs> we're doing great yeah but i i do i do freaking love cloud cloud hosting devops is that's why it is a field that i still am in like if i if there was not none of that and i was an application developer i might be a lot more bored than i am right now mm. and yeah just big big shout out and love to aws and you know even gcp and azure because if competition didn't exist uh then they could probably charge a lot more and things would not be as good right that's a good point yeah monopoly is never that great and uh gcp still has like a good ui you can like give that to a beginner person you give a beginner aws dashboard and they freak out dude i was saying that last year year yeah. before it was early on in the podcast where i was like yeah gcp at least i could learn the concepts without not being able to connect to anything mm-hmm. and then pull up the docs and it's just links upon links to more and more paragraphs of stuff I I don't understand. Yeah. So yeah, each platform has its own thing. Like I think we talked about uh separate from the show recently Azure being a bit more enterprise, mm-hmm. AWS, everybody just kind of is that that's the diff, the default and then GCP. Yeah, if you don't have a clue what you're doing, might be the place to start. Yeah. Yeah. and you know with the whole multi cloud you can like make sure if us east one is down again <laughs> uh some of your services are running on gcp or whatever right. and as engineers it gives us like new challenges and cool things to focus on how do i replicate data across not even regions or data centers across cloud providers mm-hmm. uh just cool little stuff like that things you know? i'd rather learn than svelte or yeah uh what's the other one It's so bad you don't even need to remember it. Yeah, all the other <laughs> parcel. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, like the things um that people are like this is the new hotness and I'm like nah, it's, mm. it's still the old stuff. Yeah. They'd much rather have interesting problems. Yeah. And that's what that's what keeps it alive. Keep love alive. <laughs> Through cloud and hosting. Uh do you have anything similar to that that you want to discuss? Uh I throw one of mine up. I mean, something similar would be Jenkins. I oh. do want to give him some love. Okay. So that's the thing, right? All these services exist. All this platform is there. Code pipeline, code deploy, code build is there. It's built into AWS. And still people use Jenkins. Why? Because it's just that good. I mean, there's so much wrong with it. Yes. But none <laughs> of those platforms give you a really nice UI. 
And that's where Jenkins wins. J- like, the whole thing about, you know, Jenkins is dead, long live Jenkins. Nothing replaces it. And there's no new Jenkins. Nothing. They keep pushing updates. It's still Java. It's still clunky. Uh, but it has integrations into everything because it's so customizable. You could spin up your own instances. You can plug it into whatever cloud provider you want. And when you're getting into CICD and if you're like, hey, I can't really like, I understand how GitHub Actions executes these things, but I want to get into the nitty gritty of it. And you don't want to pay a bunch of money to AWS. You can just download a little jar or Docker container off Jenkins, spin up four more Docker containers on your machine, connect it to as agents, and you're good. You have a full multi-scaled deployment running on your local machine. Do that on cloud without paying, you know? So do do <laughs> want to give Jenkins a big shout out because that's what taught me so much about inter-network like network communication, uh, looking at jobs, having nice little log files that are super unreadable, so you have to open the plain text, download it. Uh, it, had its, it had its flaws, okay? But if it didn't exist, I'd probably be not as good with my debugging skills, wow. you know? So I do wanna do wanna make sure Jenkins gets some love, because that old man is giving everybody so much love. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess you're entitled to your opinion. That's <laughs> what the podcast is all about. Uh, I guess something similar to what you mentioned, or at least related, because you did you did mention Docker. Mm-hmm. Docker Compose is on my list of things I love, mm. and it implies the existence of Docker. Yeah. So, Docker Compose, man, it it was like the first thing I did at my new job <laughs> was I went, we got all these Docker files, and we have multiple things that we need to spin up. Why are we not using Docker Compose? Mm. And it's really just a wrapper around a bunch of Docker stuff, but it's so handy because so it automatically deals with the Azure Container Networking. It's just little, usually... A simple little YAML file, and again, the dirty word YAML. But you can look at it and it just says, "Hey, based on this image, spin up this container with this environment variables. If you even need to provide them, uh, sometimes you can say like call it this or expose this port, and now you have a network of Docker containers, and they know about each other. They know how to talk to one another." And it's great because it's literally just something you, if you already have a Dockerized environment, you can just toss Docker Compose on top of it. And now you have a distributed network environment. So I'm a big fan. Yeah. And what's nice because as well, the number of times I've just gone, this is no longer working. Docker Compose down (laughs) and just tear everything down, uh, spin it back up. Okay. Now things are working again. It's great. Yeah. Love Docker. It's, It's right there on the list. Uh, because I mean, I could, I have I, talked for like 40 minutes last two weeks ago. So yeah. you guys can go listen to that. Why right. I love well, it so, so the much. reason I didn't put Docker on was cause I was like, I'm not putting like Linux or like mm. these fundamental things where I'm just like, yes, I love that computers exist. Like at That's some true. point I just have to say, these are sort of assumed. That's we true. assume Docker is, mm. is a thing that we, that we can use. Because without it, how do you, you, I mean, we've got ECR and all these things that every company I've worked with just fundamentally relies on. So without assuming something, that's why. So I went Docker Compose. Yeah. We'll, we'll give Docker a little shout out via one of the tools it has mm. that I really like. Yeah. 
on that note, uh, Docker Compose build dash dash parallel. Oh, that fancy, flag! Huh? That flag made my life so much easier, <laughs> and my MacBook so much hotter uh, <laughs> that I just I can't I can't even. Uh, but There's more RAM. It doesn't just yeah <laughs> more eat CPU. up the whole build build <laughs> process. But that's the most annoying part about any Docker build. You sit there for the container image to build if things are not going wrong, and then. You know, if you have a node modules in there, good luck. Oh yeah, don't do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so having that in a little parallel flag changed my life. Yeah. Even though I haven't used Docker in like a year and a half. Yeah. Pro tip: people should be building their node modules and volume mounting them. Yes. Just, just make if your team's not doing that and your front end takes fifteen minutes to build, stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Just make people volume mount the node modules, put it in the README. People will just follow it and or have a little handy dandy make command that says like set up front end. Your environment's ready, it automatically ran the yarn install or yarn start or whatever you need to do. NPM install, NPM CI. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you run those, your environment's ready, mount it in, now your stuff builds so much faster. Yeah. Multi-layered images, just use those. Oh. Base image with node packages that only change if you update the packages. Mm -hmm. And just forget about it. Yeah. So la just layers in general yeah. in images. If your images are really slow, look at your images or look at your layers and be like, oh, this layer changes all the time. And these are actually this order is not actually necessary. Just move it up. Yeah. Damn. And while we're talking about Docker, Kubernetes. I this is another one. I was like, I yeah. should I have to mention it, but I also can't because it's so fundamental. It is fundamental, but there's also Docker Swarm. And if you've had to use Docker Swarm, Dep you will remember K is so good. Yeah. I haven't thought about Docker Swarm in four years. Because mm. people are talking about, oh, Docker Swarm now. We don't need anything else. Uh, look at all this functionality. And then everybody's like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> so bad uh but yeah all right we'll, we'll just do them you know minor shout out sure periods. sure it's fundamental we would die without it and it's so good yeah uh, real quick what is it just in case the people oh yeah know. kate's kubernetes kubernetes is a orchestration service mm -hmm. to manage your containers because docker can only spin up containers kill them and run them or build them mm-hmm Kubernetes comes and says, oh, you want 20 of these containers? I got you, man. Oh, you, you want to make sure some of those have health checks? Oh, your host machine doesn't have enough RAM or CPU. Let me scale it up across some of the other hosts and CPUs you've given me. Kubernetes just, it's the master. It's the puppet here. No, that's what the person who runs does puppets, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, then yeah. it's the puppeteer. Yeah. And the containers <laughs> are the puppets, and it's yeah. doing it, doing them all of them. So, yeah. yeah, container orchestration. Yeah. It's, it's good. It is good. Uh, so related to that now, something I do actually love that is related to K8 is K9s, mm. which is just a terminal application that abstracts away a bunch of the K9S CLI commands and allows you to, or K8 CLI commands, and allows you to just look at everything in a nice UI. Mm. So... I use that all the time because I don't want to have to remember a bunch of commands. I just want to look at a list of stuff that dynamically updates as I watch my pods go from uh, starting to restarting to crash loop back off and then I cry. Yeah. 
but I want to see that happen. I don't want to have to tail the logs and watch the pods. And I mean, the the watch command is cool. You feel you feel very uh, like developery mm-hmm. when you're just tailing logs and and whatnot. But it's cooler to have a UI that just does it for you. Yeah, look at a UI, get into fetal position, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You try to check the logs, but the pod never started, so you just you cry. Yeah. Uh, so you describe, and there's no events, so you just cry. Uh, and then eventually, when it works, you celebrate and think you're very smart because mm-hmm. uh, you immediately forget how much of a failure you are. Yeah. I was describing someone, software development, I think two or three days ago, and they were like, how do you like it? And I was like, it's great. It's like 90% I don't know what I'm doing and I hate myself. 5% I'm a god and no one can touch me. <laughs> and other 5% is... Some crying, some happiness, average emotions mixed in there. <laughs> and they're like, interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've described it before a few years ago as like, you need to just have a really short term memory. Yeah. Where you just forget about all the suffering you just had for four hours because of a stupid typo where you misnamed a variable or something. And uh, it's okay. It's behind you. Yeah. It's working now. You've worked through your issues. It's counseling. It's love. <laughs> it's love. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. What else do you love? Uh, what else do I love? Uh, going a little bit more higher level again. Okay. I'll quickly run through these. Sure. Um, just the benefits of being in tech. tech after the tech salaries. So it was like office benefits. Tech offices are cool as heck, man. Mm. You know, there's a ping pong table. Here's all these <laughs> other things. You probably won't get paid as much. That's okay. I was going to say, we've talked about that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you're just... But people people look at that stuff, you know? I work in an accounting office. What do you have? A stupid coffee machine? Ugh. Come to our tech office. We've got three of them. And One of co- them is just like an actual barista. And kombucha on tap. Kombucha on tap, yeah. If you want angry water flavored on tap, mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah, yeah. If that's what you love, you know? Um, freedom to work from anywhere. All I need is a laptop and semi-stable internet connection. And I can work from anywhere. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think... That, that's the kind of work we do, which we love. I mean, I'm sure most people work from home now because of the pandemic and whatever. But none of that would have existed if tech didn't do it first. That's true. Yeah. You think Zoom just came out of nowhere? No, no. They were, they were trying. Imagine <laughs> Skype at work? Oh. <laughs> um, and because the field is ever-growing, as programmers, as so long you have the base building blocks, there's so many fields to choose from. I could go try to learn AI next if I so wanted to for some reason. Or I could stay in DevOps. I could go more backend. I could be in SecOps. I could do penetration testing. There's so many, so many fields, so many things. Just because I know how to write if and else in a chained way. Yeah. Yeah. You need to know like four things. Pretty like much. How to loop uh, some literals for digas. Yeah. And uh, if else. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And you're good. Yeah. And then you can go make billion dollar apps. True. Yeah. Yeah. Flappy Bird. Phew. Crazy. Or the new one, Wordle, is it? Wordle. Yeah. Yeah. That big acquisition. Microsoft probably is like being like, maybe we should have done that. What? Somebody acquired Wordle? Oh, yeah. Uh, what, what's New York Times bought it. What? Yeah. That is so dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's- like... I get, so for those who don't know, Wordle, this guy just made it for his friend because he was like, hey, this is a fun little game. 
and everybody loves it for some reason. Yeah. Apparently, I'm just learning now, it was acquired by the New York Times. Yeah. It's really just a front-end JavaScript thing. Like, yeah. It, if you run it on your browser, you can just go look in the console for the answer. You don't even need to, like, actually solve it. Right. Yeah. It's so strange, dude. So it doesn't matter what your code is like. So long it solves a problem, you can make the money. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, kids. Uh, that's all I have on the overall. And then I have, like, a bunch on, like, the architecture paradigms and stuff okay well hit me up with with one of those and I'll see all right if any i'll start related. with my very first one i think mine are probably a bit more code related okay yeah okay uh okay one that I'll, I'll start with the very first thing that i love that ties in with parallelization as we talked before mm -hmm. threading so uh, cool i should i should be able to predict this yeah yeah gotta love threading <laughs> Someone comes to you uh, up until what, like five, 10 years ago, we were running one thread at a time on CPUs, even though we had multi-core CPUs. And now we're like, what? A single core has multiple threads? Go crazy, go nuts, kids. It's, it's crazy. Imagine, you know, you're like five-year-old and you're running parallelization code on your computer <laughs> without even knowing about it. Uh, wouldn't you love to be that kid these days? <laughs> um, but yeah, downloading massive files, break it into chunks, run it in parallel. Want to calculate probability of when you will die? You can find out answer sooner because you have parallelization. <laughs> Anything is achievable <laughs> through parallelization and threading, um, which also feeds into queues. Ah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Freaking love queues. Queues are the best, dude. Yeah, even though if I have to implement them, I have to use recursion. I'm not going to think about that. Mm, um, that's a good thing I love. Yeah, but good thing I have AWS, so I don't need to think about it. All I need to be like, start putting stuff into this queue and yeah. then have a subscriber that's like, oh, there's stuff in the queue. Let me let me read that thing. Yes, yeah, so surprisingly easy. Yeah, such a simple concept and so much more efficient and better than a database. Instead of managing records, just being like, hey, there's a temporary place I'd like to like just store right. something. Yeah, you've got this buffer. It can also distribute. Like, yeah. It's so good. You can have multiple things putting something into the things into the same queue, then one consumer or mm -hmm. the opposite or both. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. It's exactly. so flexible. Tie that with the whole parallelization and threading. And oh, you got, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> Generate a million Wordle puzzles and solve them in the same second. <laughs> Time doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. All of this, all of this for all of us. All uh, at once. All at once. All the time. Um, yeah. And then the only other... Uh, actually, no. Not that... The, not, this is like language-specific stuff. So I'll stop because you have some language-specific coding-related things, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this one's a bit more in between the two things. And then the rest are very code related hmm. but just git in general mm -hmm. i do love git it's the only version control i've actually had to use and so i don't understand how people have complaints about like the basic use case because even resolving merge conflicts it's annoying but if you just have a team that plans accordingly that doesn't really come up so I don't know. I don't. I don't know the the issues that people have. Like it's so much better than anything else you could, you could have to deal with with coordinating code changes across a bunch of different people contributing to the same code. Yeah. 
As I, someone who's used both Perforce and SVN, just nah. Git, Git all, always, forever. Even the Perforce is great for large file sizes, mm-hmm. just for every other day use case. Git. Yeah, but like you've got, you know, you've got tags you can use to na- essentially just provide a pointer or a name to a specific um, commit uh, to easily version your software. You can use those just like headless branches, essentially. You can create new branches off of those. Uh, it, it's always satisfying. This is one of those little things that shouldn't matter, but it does. When you get fetch-p for prune, mm. and it just pulls all the branches, but then removes all your references to the branches, and you just you just see like 80 branches get deleted. You're just like, hmm. It's kind of like Docker prune when it tells you like, oh, you've now cleaned up 60 gigabytes. You're just like, hmm. Feels so good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, get you gotta love it because if you don't, what's wrong with you? Yeah, get good. Actually, though, I think if yeah. you don't love it, you should try either something else and realize why it's good, mm-hmm. or just learn the basic commands of Git and how Git flows typically work on a team. Ask your more senior developers questions about, hey, do you have these problems? Because they probably don't, mm-hmm. and just figure out like where your sticking points are. Because quite frankly. It sort of just works. Yeah. Uh, there's very few times when you run into an issue, and when I do, it's typically with GitHub, not with Git. So, uh, shout out to Git. I do love it. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the other things I have are a bit more, or definitely more code-related. So the first one is comprehensions. So list comprehensions are really popular uh, for Python. The first time I heard about them was when I was reading Learn You a Haskell for Great Good. So I learned them as, Has- uh, as a Haskell thing. Um, but also, you know, dictionary comprehensions and um, I don't think they're called generators, but the ones with parentheses mm-hmm. um, where it doesn't actually initialize it as an array or a list. But uh, you can still iterate through things. Yeah. They're just so, they're so concise and so handy and they say exactly what you want to do. So... For example, if you just had a collection of things and you wanted to get the ID from each of them, a list comprehension allows you to say in literal English, you know, like item.id for item in collection of items. There's nothing else you could think that is happening other than exactly like if someone asked you, well, what does this do? You would just read them the code that you wrote. Like, well, item, item, uh, (laughs) dot ID. So I'm item ID uh, for item in collection of items. Like, do you have any more questions? I certainly hope not. Uh, it's as explicit as possible. So really like that. Uh, and uh, dictionary comprehensions are harder to read, but they're so handy uh, when you need them. So just a big fan of comprehensions. They're concise and they're, they have that perfect combination of being very concise and very declarative and explicit about what it's doing. It's not like some abstraction that you have to really understand. It looks like what it's doing, and it's doing exactly that. Yeah. While we're on Python, yeah, you you, you casually mentioned, you know, 4N. Python was one of the, I'm pretty sure, first languages that just came in and was like, no, no, don't worry about all these indexes and instantiating variables and writing your 4 in a three-segmented way. <laughs> just for an element in the list for something in the object and just iterate over it. And it just, you know, chef's kiss. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wanted to give a big shout out for that and the yield keyword in Python. So that's generators. That's Yeah. Yeah. 
at any point you're like, hey, just pause the execution right here, just run this, and it's okay. And you can come back to it and stuff, and it's just so good. Yeah, and there's a lot of issues with JavaScript, but JavaScript generators, they're fairly new, mm. and so they were also designed well. <laughs> mm. And so if you like Python generators and you're working with JavaScript and you have a problem, you're like, oh, I wish this was Python, so I had generators, you actually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're quite good. So just consider using them. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I do love the optional chaining that ended up coming in JavaScript. No, <laughs> that's a thing I don't love. I just, I don't, I like it. I don't, I don't want to write if null checks all over the place. It's just like, Hey, just if it exists, do the thing. If it doesn't move on, live your life. <laughs> don't run this loop i know there's data here and for the off chance there isn't don't run this and that's fine and i'm a big fan of it yeah speaking of blog posts mm. that's my most popular blog <laughs> post <laughs> or at least gets the most traffic mm. optional chaining is a code smell mm. so uh check that out if you want to see my mm. opinion no Nah, don't do that no. it's valentine's day yeah just look spend, for love sp- yeah spend time with the ones you love yeah, writing optional chaining in JavaScript. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, with with that, I guess mm. I'll go back to something that I actually love. Mm. <clears throat> optional chaining. Not optional chaining. <laughs> uh, map, filter, reduce, and transduce. Mm. These are the things. Like, I essentially split this into. Th- I had originally in my list. The order was like thing I like but don't use, thing I like but use and use. Mm don't or like but don't use and like and this was one of those barely get to use these days because you just don't use them in python uh but i love them the especially reduce and i never get to use reduce sometimes i'll just open up like a temporary file and just write some map fill to reduce <laughs> just to feel good because reduce especially it's it's so satisfying so like map I get it, yeah. It's just a functional version of four. And it has some specific rules it follows, and I really like how it's just how it's defined. It looks really good. Especially if you have something like um, Haskell where you can use operators as uh, functions. That works really well as along with reduce as well. But like map is is cool, it just does what it needs to do. Filter, cool, does what it needs to do. Um, but reduce, it abstracts away the complexities of something like recursion, which I love, and instead puts it in this handy dandy little method uh, that, or fold, if you're using a different language that prefers to use that terminology, uh, and it just it just gathers everything together, squishes it based on the function you gave it. So you have this method, and you have this combiner function that knows I can take two things and make it one, and then you just say, hey. Take this group of things, mm. reduce it with this combiner function and this initial state. It's so simple and it's so powerful. You can do pretty much anything with it. And then, anything. pretty much anything, yeah. yeah. And then, on top of that, you have transduce, which I made a whole video about way back mm. in the day. And I was very excited about it at the time. And in that video, I said, yeah, I never will get to use this at work. But it's very cool. <laughs> so it allows you to... Uh, do a map filter and reduce or or reduce whatever you want some combination of mapping filtering and reducing all in one iteration across a single collection so 
it's super cool because normally you have to chain those where you'd like, all right, I'm going to trans like transform them first, then iterate through again and filter out all the things I don't want, and then I'll reduce them down. So like if you had a list, you want to increment them all by one, you would increment them all by one. And then you would filter out the odd ones, and then you would add them up. And that would be your steps. So you'd have to iterate three times. With transducers, you're just like, no, 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 none of that. We're going to do this all in one pass. Mm -hmm. And it's so satisfying. But I work on normal applications where that's not necessary. So it's like a, um, a platonic love. Mm -hmm. You can just you appreciate it from afar. Yeah. But it'll never be in your life. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Like that barista. Anyways. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yes. That was my, allowed me to wax poetic there for a minute. Mm -hmm, that was it. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I don't have anything like JavaScript like anymore. What was it, 52 minutes of recording in and I finally expressed some love for something properly. That's that's so true. This is the moment. It the, finally happened in Yeah, screenshot these guys, remember this, <laughs> tweet this out to us, Insta post, <laughs> Nathan has found love, hashtag. Hashtag map, hashtag filter, hashtag reduce. Yeah. Or instead of typing three hashtags, hashtag change juice. That's right. Yeah. All three at once. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what do you have? Uh, all right. I have uh, not JavaScript, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but I have two things in Ruby. Oh, even what? though I don't like the language, but it has two patterns that I freaking love. Okay. That I will mention is the retry keyword. Of course. I've talked about this before. Yeah, I will no talk about it again. There. It's so good. So freaking good. You write your try catch and you say, oh, if this happens, just retry, man. It's okay. You make mistakes. People have problems. Don't let it bring you down. You know, instead of trying to type my own giant um, exponential backoff algorithm, I could just be like, all right, just take the initial state, times it by two. If you reach this value, exit. If not, keep retrying and you're good. And it just, it just works. And even though I really hate these, and uh, yeah, I just hate these, <laughs> uh, but they're good. So I will mention them. It's like it's like a toxic love. I use them. I have to use them because they're so usable, but I don't like them. Is the ERB templates on Ruby, where okay. you could just yeah have a whole templated Ruby file, type in a bunch of code, and it will spit out whatever you need um, in whatever template form you def define it as. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I got on Ruby. I feel like you're in an abusive relationship with ERB. It's not an actual love. It's it's not, but... You got some Stockholm syndrome I, there. I can't leave. <laughs> uh, I try, but not, nothing else provides me with the satisfaction that Ruby does in okay. my in specific use case. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing I do love that I've talked about in the past, uh -huh. CDK. Right, yeah. I heard about this earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> no more YAML, no more JSON, no more nonsense. Oh, you sold me on that first point. No yeah. more YAML. Exactly. You wanted to write CloudFormation templates? Pfft, go find a different industry. This is like 2020, even before that. CloudFormation just no longer should be a thing. You know what should be a thing? CDK. Dynamic generation of static things. That's what you need <laughs> for different environments. Uh -huh. And CDK allows you to do that. So I will keep plugging it so long someone uses 
you know, AWS. And sure, someone will be like, oh, why don't you just write Terraform templates or all these other ones that work with multi-cloud? Uh-huh. I don't work for a multi-cloud provider, all right? <laughs> There's a very small chance you'll actually be hybrid clouded ever. <laughs> no one is. It's stupid. doesn't make sense in most scenarios. So <laughs> all you need is one cloud. Find the thing that works with it and stick with it. <laughs> that might be my favorite moment of all 49 episodes we've recorded <laughs> it's just stupid anytime someone's like oh we need to use a cloud agnostic language because we'll switch cloud no you don't no one's gonna do it talk to your end line no one did it um so while we're on the specific topic of switching uh-huh. uh, environments dynamically environment variables they don't get as much love as they should. Right. You know, anytime you have all these dynamic code running, even in places, you could just be like, hey, can I change anything that I have right now? And you could be like, yeah, and just flip the switch in Linux. You know, having, or actually in any OS you want, depending on how they stack with your current application loaded in memory, but environment variables, the best. Never have any problems with them unless you try to parse them or store anything that's not a string in them. Mm. Um, but besides that, you know, so good. Yeah, treat them like configuration, not like data. Exactly. And then you're fine. Yeah. And yeah, they, they just work. You can inject them anywhere. They don't take up a, a lot of memory. They don't, you don't have to write anything complex. Just export and live. Mm. And I then- do, I do love to live. Right? Who doesn't? People who are dead, maybe. Um, and then the final thing, final thing that I'm going to mention that I love, saved it for the last, okay? because I haven't used it in a while, but I do love it, is the Golang pattern of error and value. I was, it's funny, this was going to be on my list, and I was like, I don't need to mention it. I know that Gian will mention it. I got to. I got to. <laughs> Golang's my boy. And uh, I have stolen that pattern in Python, in TypeScript, any language that supports tuples. I've probably abused Golang's feature of error and value pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good. It it's should just of, be the default. That Yeah, I was about to say, it's one of those patterns where you see it and you're like, of course. Why would you do it any other way? Yeah. And then you see it other ways and you go, why do we do it these other ways? Yeah. If error, handle error. Yeah. Otherwise, just continue on with your life with the value. So good. Uh-huh. So that's all the things I love that I could think of that I thought would probably fit in under an hour. I see. Well, I got one more thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I know you're a big fan of this, too. Mm. It's Vim key bindings. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I do love them. Anytime I'm in in any text editor that's not my IDE, I'm constantly trying to switch into uh, visual mode. I'm constantly trying to highlight things. I'm just typing JK over and over again. I'm like, ah, this is not what I want to be doing right now. Uh, I have to like reach over all the way to the mouse or up to the trackpad. Mm. Use like, what? What am I doing? If only I could just. Do a few keystrokes and be exactly where I want to be. Get the things done faster. It'd be good. So big fan of key, uh, Vim key bindings. I left it to the end just for you. To Thank le- you. To end on a high note. Because I know that you also agree. 
Um, this is an episode about love, and I don't want to say anything <laughs> that if goes you don't, against it. <laughs> all right, I advance. Your silence is taken as agreement. As it should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in that case, um, again, what have you done better on? Mm. What are you going to do better on? Mm. And uh, what did you not do better on, if anything? Well, the immediate thing I did better on was kept my mouth shut when someone said Vim is great. Mm. Um, yeah, you've you've done worse on that in the past. <laughs> I have. I so have. I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I did some courses at work. They were mildly in- interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned better hiring things. Learned better just AWS cloud specific stuff. Um, which is good because I might actually want to do my one of my certifications this year. So I have a piece of paper that gets me more money. Hopefully. Have you decided which one? Probably the solutions architect. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Got a solution, some architect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Got to make sure I don't have some skill that you don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, then people will be like, you're two different people and yeah. I can't have that. Exactly, yeah. You have to <laughs> remain exactly the same person. Uh and uh, guest reach outs we have oh. a form i have a list i have started to have a chrome tab open that like reminds me constantly we like talk to people mm-hmm. and i have messages ready so i'm just gonna start spamming people okay. and start getting getting hopefully some availability of people to come talk to us about stuff that'd be pretty cool that would be pretty cool yeah um you hear that 17 listeners yeah there's going to be guests. Go get your friends. Yeah, yeah, bring guests to listen to the show as well. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter if you're like slightly taller than an imprint penguin. Doesn't matter who you are. Just uh, just get us some friends <laughs> because we love all of you. That's right. Yeah, that's all the things I did better on. Okay. And then to do is get more guests. <laughs> all right, immediately. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. Actionable, they build on each other. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. once I have some guests, mm-hmm. I want to keep the ball rolling, you know? True. Not every episode will have guests, okay. but more, mm-hmm. more, starting, starting to get more. Um, I also will be doing better on meeting more people because I need to make friends for summer. Uh, and I've been meeting decent amount of folks here and there. And uh, I'm trying to diversify my friendship portfolio. Wow. Uh, meeting kinds of people I normally wouldn't meet oh. or people with like absolutely way different interests. Hmm. Uh, just to see. Because why not? Sure. Yeah. Meet, you know, gonna gonna go meet with someone who's a lawyer and see see how that goes. Oh. Just, just why not? Yeah. Most of my friends have pretty similar themes of life. And uh, yeah. Maybe I'll find someone who makes kombucha or something. Who knows? How are you? How are you meeting these people? Some on dating apps. Some on people through people. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I see. So we'll see. Because my only strategy that I've ever been able to use successfully on my own for mm. meeting people is approaching random strangers at the climbing gym. Mm. But I'm still yet to go to a climbing gym here because mm. uh, you know they keep closing things. So I don't. Yeah. I don't want to get involved with climbing gym fees right <laughs> before true. they close them because uh they're not cheap like a normal gym yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah i've been hesitant but you know let me know how this whole meeting people thing goes because we'll like, i also need to make friends yeah 
And if not, I have four friends I see on a regular basis. Uh-huh. One of them is my roommate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 enough to keep me happy. Now I just need to be distracted, so I need to find more people. Right. Yeah. Summer distractions. Summer distractions. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's pretty much it. I had archery on there on things I needed to look into. Mm-hmm. I did. It's a pretty expensive hobby. Yeah. So unless I can afford a backyard or just going to a park and shoot arrows at trees, and find out if it's legal or not. Certainly not. Um, maybe if I like put a little board on it and then shoot the board. And then arrows don't have, like, actual piercing. They, they have, like, a little thing on them. Ah, yes, like Robin Hood. Yeah, something that doesn't actually hurt anyone, even if I miss mm. uh, more than, like, tonk. I, yeah, I think you'll be disappointed in what you find. But archery uh, mm-hmm. has also been on my list before, things to look into. But not as, like, a consistent hobby. Just as a, mm. let's go try that. Because mm. I've, I've tried it once before in a backyard, and I was quite bad. Ah. Um, but it looks like it could be fun. It is a lot of fun. I've done it in a couple of different hobby activities. Mm-hmm. And Green Arrow was my favorite DC hero. Oh. Because Archie just looks cool, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've played a lot of Skyrim. I know how cool Archie is. Yeah. It might. It just might be my Rocket League. And I just Whoa. haven't... Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I just need more money. I just need to be richer <laughs> to be an archer. Uh, but that's it. How how did you do better? Dot rap. How are you gonna do better? All right, dude. So my freaking did betters. Mm. I've been put. This this has been on my did not do better oh. for a long time, and now finally, due to social pressure mm-hmm. from my girlfriend, mm-hmm. I have finally succeeded in buying new pants. Yeah, you, you're hearing that, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making this happened <laughs> we also have a, a welcome mat yeah, uh, yeah. thanks to her it's crazy uh, yeah because she got me to buy that mm-hmm. and i have uh, new bed sheets mm. so that was the i tried to talk my way out of it after just buying the bed sheets and she mm. was like no you have more things on your list and you've been putting this off so someone else is involved in me doing better these days so That's there true. you go so really she gets the credit for all the did betters yeah for that one Okay. Yeah, that one that I'd been notably putting off. So this show, just as a meta point, mm-hmm. this show has been really good for me putting things in my do did or do betters that I otherwise don't want to do because mm. I have to tell you mostly, and yeah. then I have to come back and report on the fact that I didn't do it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. No, but some things I just don't care enough about. Like mm-hmm. I think it's funnier not buying new pants for months on end rather mm-hmm. than being embarrassed Mm -hmm. Uh, but if someone else is like what are you doing get your act together uh you're you're a grown adult then i'll get those things done so i can balance it out uh so i've got some of some of those coming up on things that i'm just like yeah yeah, yeah." if i mention this on the show be more likely to do it uh did better on taking proper lunch breaks and not working too late um not a problem at all this this past couple of weeks Mm. i was actually stopping i think Every day for proper lunch breaks, going for a bit more walks. is been sunnier, as you mentioned, so that's helped as well. Yeah. Uh, and not working too late. I don't think I've stayed late any of the days. Partly because like, the big, distracting, confusing thing that I was working on is pretty much wrapped up. And so I'm over the initial hump. I'm almost at my three months mm. at the company. So starting to settle in a bit more. 
a bit less likely to get distracted at 4.30 and realize then it's 6.30, 7 o'clock and I haven't left yet. So that's happening less and less, which is great. And the other thing was I wanted to register for my employer RRSP. I did what I'm able to do so far. Uh, Manulife tells me that I have to wait till my account is activated or something. Hmm. So I don't know if I succeeded, Fair. but I tried. Yeah. And I count that as my did better. Yeah. <laughs> so for do betters, uh, this is one that was that I was doing last year before I moved, and then I moved and I lost this habit or routine uh, of no more using my morning alarm. Mm. I'm just going cold turkey on this, and so I've already turned off my alarm for tomorrow. And I just have to live with it. Just figure it out. Find a way to go to the gym. Stop waking up with an alarm. It's stupid. You felt so much better Mm -hmm. not having an alarm last year. So I'm just going to figure it out. Uh, It also helps that I'm no longer... Like I took the time to sort of back off from work a little bit. So I'm hoping that will mean things feel a bit better. And with the days getting longer as well, that makes things feel a bit better. You're not just like... Working when it's dark, and then it's dark when you're done working, and then you're like, I don't want to go to bed yet. Should be now more like, yeah, I just got to go for a walk. It was sunny, felt nice. Now it's bedtime. Go to bed. Yeah, no more revenge, like bedtime procrastination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I need to decide what to do about my phone, as mm-hmm. aforementioned, because uh, I broke it. And so I signed up for Evo Woo-hoo! this past weekend. And I don't like driving at I, all. I am so fully aware of this now. <laughs> <laughs> this may, yeah, this, this may also be influenced by the same the same gal <laughs> that convinced me to buy new pants. Uh, but I've been putting this off for, for a long time. And so my do better is if this gets, um, if my documents get approved and everything for this week, mm-hmm. start doing some initial driving practice because there's no chance that I'm driving somebody else reg after mm-hmm. not driving for a while. So I'm probably going to go driving like early when there's nobody else on the road before work hours and just do like 15 minutes around a suburb mm-hmm. and another day do another 15 minutes and just warm back up to it. All right. Uh, and see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be fine, but I'm, I just need to build up some confidence mm-hmm. before trying to actually drive somebody else. Uh, this is one of the big ones that I've been putting off and it's because I didn't mention on the show, but it's in my Q1 goals. Uh, which is I need to actually order my blood work. I've had my tab open on my Mm. computer for months. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave this open so that I remember to do it in January. And I missed January. I'm like, why did I put this off? It makes no sense. Just order your blood work. You want to know that you're healthy. So anyway, I need to actually do that. I've mentioned on the show now, so I'll feel guilty if in two weeks I haven't done it. I'm hoping that will be enough to motivate me to actually do it. Yeah. Or someone who is actually responsible in his life, um, if you're listening, get him to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm responsible. (laughs) I've done plenty of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are just certain things I'm not very good at motivating myself to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, oh, just in general, something I I did that wasn't necessarily better, I just did, was... I mentioned in our kickoff episode for this year that I was changing the way I set up my annual goals to be more quarterly, and then mm-hmm. they were spread out throughout the year. So I did my like review of how things are going so far at, at the end of January, and it was great. I'm really liking this approach so far because it allowed me to tweak some of the goals and start setting up things for Q2, and um, I recommend it. So if anybody's feeling like, oh, annual goals are a bit hard, maybe just starting in Q2, 
write some quarterly goals. They're a bit easier. They're long enough. Three months is a while. Yeah. You can get a lot done. But also it's not as like abstract as what am I going to do in the next year? Because yeah. that's a lot. Uh, so the last thing is uh, I'm going to start cleaning up my diet. So it's not quite to the point of uh, like it's not summer yet. Mm. But I just need to start eating a bit more consciously. So eating a bit more variety. Uh, getting back in my like spring food palette and um, yeah essentially just paying attention a bit more so I, I had a couple days last week where I just ate oats twice a day mm. and that's not good so yeah we're not quite into like proper fruit season and, and things but just being a bit more conscious of what I'm eating clean things up the goal is not intentionally to lose weight or anything yet but setting myself up for that uh, Normally around this time of year, I do start dropping weight, but normally I'm also like a few kilos heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year, they closed the gym for a month, so I stopped eating <laughs> and I didn't get fat. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that hasn't been as much of a problem. So I don't have as far to go. But yeah. Damn. I've got a big list this, I know. this week. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. All I can think of is how I have zero goals. Um, so yeah. Having yeah. quarterly goals sounds sounds good for people who want to actually do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so quick quick note on just how I did it because like my goals are not super specific. There's kind of two tiers. Mm. There's like um, the f- general focus, like key areas of focus for Q1. And then there's the same thing, like key areas of focus for Q2. And they're much more broad. So it's like here is improvement. As an example, Q1 is just have fun. Like that's the goal. The goal is not to like make more money. The goal is not to learn a bunch. The goal, one of the key goals at the top of my list is just like have fun, mm-hmm. uh, enjoy your life because it's been a sad two years. So yeah. just Play like, Halo. yep, that could be an action item <laughs> for one of the key areas of improvement. Mm-hmm. And then I just have the separate categories of like personal career and finances mm-hmm. and just like miscellaneous good life sort of things. And uh that's where things are a bit more actionable. So it's like, all right, based on the the three or four key areas that I have, what are some ways I could action those? And those are a bit more specific. But each time it's easy to go back up and be like, does this help me have more fun? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not get bogged down in the things that are easy to track, but that don't bring you towards your goals, which uh, I've fallen to in the past. I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, if I did this, I could like save more money. And it's like, that's, is that one of your goals? It's mm-hmm. not. But yeah, that's that. Sounds like a great, lovely, but set of goals. Yeah, what a lovely episode we had. Yeah, so much full of love, talking about things we love and things we love to hate. Just, yeah, I hope anyone listening falls in love with some more coding stuff. And I hope you loved this episode. Yeah, if you didn't, um, get good. Indeed. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.